Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris. I'm joined by Matt, and this is season three, episode eight. This week we'll be turning to tech for our music recommendations. We see the long-awaited return of Matt's music news, and of course we interview the man behind the biggest Deftones live music collection in the known universe. How's it going, Matt? It's going good, yeah. In the known universe, yeah. What about the, the non-known universe? You just don't know what's out there, do you? So I, I, I don't feel confident saying in all existence, because there could be someone out there that's got a bigger Deftones live music collection. Yeah, there could be, yeah. But this guy seems like he, he knows what he's doing. I think he's like an, he's an authority in yeah, Deftones live music. <laughs> <laughs> he runs a pretty massive YouTube channel. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll be talking to him a little bit later and, and learning everything there is to know about Deftones. Yeah, I never tell you what I'm going to say in that beginning section. So is there anything there that jumped out at you? We're turning to tech. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked, Matt. You mentioned, uh, I don't know, like a week ago or something about This Band Isn't Real on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I hate AI. I, I really don't like AI. It, it terrifies me. I do believe that it's going to bring about the demise of human civilization. But This Band Isn't Real is the name of a Twitter, would you call it a page? Twitter page or a feed or what would you call yeah, it? Yeah, I'd say an account. Uh, it's a Twitter account that shows AI-generated metal albums. And it's really entertaining to flick through this. It is. It's really good stuff as well. Like some of it's really like spot on, don't you think? Yeah, uh, another band, they were sharing this account and saying, oh yeah, we, we thought this was one of ours. I looked at the AI-generated art and I genuinely thought it was real. So I was looking up this AI-generated band, trying to find it online. And I'm like, where is it? I need to find it. I definitely judge albums based on their artwork. Oh, you know, yeah, I, definitely. I get dragged in by, the, by really good artwork and really good names as well. So that's what happened. And I was trying to find it. And then eventually I figured out, oh yeah, it's not real. It's, it's, it's AI generated. I look through it every now and again. I think, oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah, I think the, the names are some of the best bits, to be honest. Like the artwork is really good, but the names are spot on. Just to give listeners an understanding of where to look. So I did search for This Band Isn't Real on Twitter and I couldn't find it. I don't know why. The name is AI underscore metal underscore bot confusingly so if you look for ai metal bot you'll find it the, the account was started in february 2021 so i don't know what they were doing back in february 2021 because they certainly weren't using gpt2 and stable diffusion to generate these things so i'm not, I'm not entirely sure but i've got a, a list of a couple of my favorites do you want to hear yeah go for it so a lot of this is based on the names because like i said i do really like the names that are generated but the first one <laughs> the first one that i like this, this one came up today, actually. The band's called Murdertized, and the album is called Fucking Murdertized. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. spot on, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah you, can, you can imagine that being a thing. And it's got, like, top left, it's very, very dark cover, like black, and you can just about see a demon with you know, a skull for a head and big wings, and he's standing in the darkness. And it's got one of those, like, real death metal band logos, you know, where it's all just, like, spiky and you can't make out what the letters are. One thing that I noticed, which it kind of annoys me, but it's also kind of funny, is that the AI can't deal with text, like, yeah. band, band logos. The band logos are just gibberish. Like, they don't actually, they're not actually real words. And some of them aren't even real letters. What I think they must be doing is generating a name with GPT-2 and then putting that into Stable Diffusion and saying create an album cover for an album called this by this band. So that was Murdertized. The next one that I, I really liked earlier in the week is a photograph of four Scandinavian-looking dudes. Of course. With, with long, straight, dark hair and death makeup. Um, and they're wearing, like, tunics and medieval clothing and mm. looking, looking really angry. They're yeah. standing in the snow. And the band is called Nordic Rituals. And the 
album is called Asshole Permafrost. <laughs> that sounds painful. I don't know if they mean they've got permafrost on the arsehole or they really hate permafrost and they're oh, bloody arsehole permafrost. Yeah, it could, could be either way, couldn't it? Ridiculous. I, I like the idea that they, uh, they, they, they live out in the snow and they needed a poo, um, so they ended up getting arsehole permafrost. <laughs> and then the last one um, that, I, that I plugged here is... A bit more serious, really. Um, I just I liked I like this one because I really like the album name. So it's got like a, a witchy-looking woman on the front with blackened-out eyes, and text down the side, vertically. You can't really make out what the text says. And the band is called Vampiric Cold, mm. um, and the album, really cool album name, is Black Hole Blasphemy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I really like that album name. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. Actually, it looks great. Beautiful artwork. The Black Hole Blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, some of these are just, they are they are really beautiful artworks, some of these. There aren't any that, that stuck out to me particularly, but um, I, I'm just looking through it now and I'll tell you some that I quite like. Like there's there's one uh, with a skeleton riding a motorbike and he's got a big hat, a bit like Slash's hat. The band is called Mist Rider. The album is called Gay Skeletons with Badass Hats. <laughs> oh, that was a Friday generation, that was. They did that on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> Oh, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just having it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, another one. Um, so it's kind of an anime-looking old man with really thick abs, and he's got breasts, and he's holding on to the nipples. The band's called Glorious Wizard. The album is called The Breasts of Fate. <laughs> I like that. This is one of those ones that I, I genuinely wish was real. Like, I saw it, and I actually thought it was... I hoped it was real, and so I was looking for it. Mammoth Blaze, and the album's called The Nature of Decay. And the cover is its a giant elephant that's basically made of trees and logs, and it's got about 12 tusks coming out of its face. And it looks awesome. Like It's got this amazing red, cloudy sky behind it. Yeah, you just wonder like what sort of music this is going to be. You know, some kind of doom sludge metal. Or... It's exactly what I was thinking. Before yeah. you said sludge, I was thinking, yes, uh, Mammoth Blaze is definitely sludge metal. Hopefully some of these, you know, eventually AI will get so good that we'll be able to hear what these actually sound like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's there's another account. It's called This Album Isn't Real. And I think it's Metalbot V2 is the handle. And uh, so it's a slightly newer version of, of that. Um, the only difference is, so it generates the album name and, and cover, but it gives you some, some meta information as well. So it tells you like the genre of the music, <laughs> the year of release and the All country right. of origin. Oh, interesting. Um, so okay. it adds a few more, a few more layers. Now, also in the, in the tech world, something I discovered just today, but it was awesome, and it's something I've wanted for so long. There's a website, if you can plug it in, have a look. This is uh, music-map.com. Okay. Yeah. So Music Map is, you just put in a, an artist, um, press enter, it just generates like a, a cloud chart, do you call that kind of thing, where it's just like loads of names around each other of similar artists. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Because like... Since I stopped using Spotify, that Spotify was, um, you know, there's lots of good music on YouTube, but I must say the algorithm on Spotify was way better at recommending music than YouTube has ever been for me. Yeah, and I, I really miss that from Spotify because it's, I, I don't use it, I, now I've got the free version, I don't bother using it, it's just, it's not the same. So I'm missing out on all those recommendations, but this website is, is killer, like it's really good. Just today, like I was, I was putting some bands in I liked and coming out with some names i'd never heard of and going listen to them and thought oh that's really good stuff and i can see where they got the link and so yeah i recommend that music map just to if you if you're listening to someone a lot and finding 
I need to listen to something different. Like, you just plug it in and, and see what it gives you. Nice. I will just try Captain Beefheart. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's going, it's, it's giving me some interesting similar artists. But it is a bit weird, though, because they are like a cloud. They are floating about in a weird... It's almost like like it's alive, you know? It is strange. They do settle if you leave it, like, sort of 30 seconds, but they don't settle. They're not all in the same distance away from Captain Beefheart's name, which I wonder if there's logic to that. If I don't know how it's getting the data, to be honest. It, maybe it's getting the data from search engines, or I'm, I'm not sure. So... But yeah, mm. I wonder if there's some logic as to which ones are closer to, to the root name and which ones are further away. But mm. um, anyway, this isn't making great audio to talk about stuff that we're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a really cool website. And it, it's also what I like about it is it's such a basic website. There's not loads of stuff going on that I can, I'm quite happy just having it open all the time as a tab on my, on my browser. And I can just flick over to it and plug it in and get some cool bands out. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah, Bob is indeed. My uncle. Uh, what have you been up to? I, in terms of music, well, I mean, a lot, because it's been a while since we chatted again. Uh, I've been catching up with some of the Prince albums that I haven't listened to very much before or even haven't really listened to properly. Uh, that's been awesome. That's been fabulous. The big one is Crystal Ball, which I did talk about on the Prince episode, but I've really properly sat down and listened to it with loudspeakers on. And it's great fun. It's depending on how you, on which version you get, it's it's it can be a five disc collection of B sides. Oh wow! And it's not because they're poor quality songs; it's because they just don't really fit anywhere else. But you can kind of tell if 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 you know his music, you can kind of tell where all these songs were meant to be. They're just amazing songs, fabulous songs. You, you had a listen to that, didn't you? I did have a listen, but I definitely didn't listen to anything that long. Um, I listened to, on on YouTube. There was a um, there was a playlist, I think I probably listened to about 10 tracks, but I, d- I really enjoyed it. But I think the reason I enjoyed it is probably not a massive selling point in that Prince has a lot of bangers that stick in your mind you want to sing along to. And actually the the, ver- the Crystal Ball version, I'll say version because it definitely wasn't five discs, so I don't know which disc it was I listened to. It was very easy listening and it was very, uh, you know, I was working at the time when I chucked it on and it didn't didn't like distract me enough to, it, it, yeah. it, it felt good. Like it was. Yeah, it wasn't distracting you. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't uh, overpowering. It was nice. It was pleasant, and um, yeah, I liked it actually. I really liked it. I don't know if that's what I was going for. I I, I like music to distract me. <laughs> um, and then well, another, but, but even so, it's, would you say it's it's not his heart? It's not some of his most hard hitting stuff, is it? No, no, it's not. But at the same time, there's a lot of interesting nuances and and really good uh, musicianship going on. And yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, I have to turn this up. Uh, another one, Rainbow Children, uh, which is kind of in his weird in-between phase. So there was the phase when he was gradually distancing himself from uh, major record labels and trying to do his own thing. That's where all the chaos came about from from him not having a name, you know, with his own music. And he was also getting more into the Jehovah's Witness religion. And with this one straight away like the first few tracks that, that they hit you with really religious themes so the rapture and judgment day and you know following scripture and then and then the next track he's singing about a threesome and uh, it's like that's just typical prince you know like you can take just, the boy out the threesome <laughs> yeah he just can't help himself i mean like later on his his 
his music was much more innocent, I guess, and more religious. But this was his kind of in-between phase where he's like, you know, I just can't help it. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just just a very horny man. Uh, so Rainbow Children, it, it, it kind of dabbles with jazz and world music and gospel. And it's a bit weird, but I'm, I wouldn't listen to it again. It's, it's a strange one. Another one, Chaos and Disorder, which is very rock oriented. You know, like Prince, he, he kind of dabbles with all sorts of genres, uh, particularly like soul and funk. And Chaos and Disorder is heavily rock oriented and very guitar focused, which is kind of unusual for him, even though he's one of the best guitarists ever. It's really hard hitting with the, the guitar and it's, it's, it's almost similar to Lenny Kravitz in a way. Uh, awesome. so, so that's a great one. That's a really good one. What's that um, one called, sorry? Chaos and Disorder. Cool. Yeah, I avoided it for ages because it's got a really naff front cover. Uh, so I'll move on from Prince because there's others, but I, I won't keep going on about him, even though I'd love to. I finally listened to The People Under the Stairs. Oh, nice. And what did you think? I really like the music. Yeah. I, to- I, I told yeah. you. I told you, didn't I? You just got to trust me. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I got to trust you. And and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really good. I, I, I liked it and it was interesting. Like it was taking me in little directions that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. I don't think anyone's expect. I think they're, they're one of these groups that the first time you hear them, it's just not what you expect at all. Like, and when you see them and then you hear the music and you think, oh, wow, you're, you've got so many more layers and levels to you than I expected. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I can't, for the life of me, get into the hip hop mindset of, you, you know, when hip hop artists, they, they rap about themselves like in, the, in the third person. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, yeah. they, rap about, they rap about how good they are at rapping. It's like, <laughs> too, yeah. like, like they don't do that in any other genre of music. Yeah, I guess you don't. Like you wouldn't no. hear Led Zeppelin singing about Led Zeppelin. It's a weird thing that when I hear hip hop artists doing it, I just like, uh, I kind of want to turn off, but I guess you got to go with it, haven't you? I genuinely never really thought about it until you said it, but yeah, I guess, I guess it is kind of weird. It is weird. And I've been binging the Brothers Johnson. They are one of my all time favorite bands and... In my mind, I kind of assume that they are like they are in the realms of Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind and Fire and all these big artists um, for everybody. And, I'm, and I just assume everybody knows them, but people don't know who these guys are. And it's really sad. It's a real shame because I had they, not heard of them. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's such a shame. Uh, these guys, they well, they are actually brothers. They were session musicians, some of the best session musicians. And you would have heard them on the Off the Wall album by Michael Jackson. Oh, cool. And various other Quincy Jones music that you might have heard. So it's super funky and beautifully produced. And it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love these guys so much. Louis Johnson is one of the all-time greatest bass players. Just just look him up and, and you'll just be in awe of how ridiculous this guy is. That's that. And then my eight-year-old has uh, discovered Slay Doggy. <laughs> and he thinks he thinks it's really funny. So I, I talked about Slay Doggy a while back. So they are a, a band that play, I guess you'd call it heavy metal versions of children's theme tunes, you know, like preschool programs. If you have kids and you are around this kind of programming on TV, then you'll probably appreciate this music. So we've had it on in the car. He thinks it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, and I actually looked them up online. There are gigs. There are, there's footage of their gigs. 
Yeah, I've seen some uh, footage of their gigs. It's pretty hilarious. They've got, they, you know, they, some of them have got like mosh pits with little children running around with um, ear defenders on, and and the parents are taking them by the hand, like, "Come on, let's go around like this way." You know, it's like really gentle, and you know, but the, the band have got dog faces on, so that's quite entertaining. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Just on the um, on the Slay Dougie thing, you know, we've talked about in the past about um, the fact that the Darkness did the the music for one of the kids' shows on yeah. the CBBS. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one it is. There's a there's a show that keeps coming on. I don't know what it is, but I've heard it a few times now when the kids are watching TV and I've been in the other room or something. And I swear the music is done by Fallout Boy. I don't know what show it is. It's on it's on CBBS. But every time that soundtrack comes on, I'm like that. I swear that's Fallout Boy. That's got to be Fallout Boy. And if it's not, it's a band trying to sound a lot like Fallout Boy. Oh, I'm I'm curious now. Yeah, I mean, I've just googled it because you reminded me of it, and I've just googled CBBS Fallout Boy, and there's nothing. They might be under a pseudonym. Maybe I, I need to pay more attention next time. Next time that show comes on and I hear the soundtrack, I'll run in and find out what show it is, and we can do some research. I think I think the Darkness program was uh, Grace's yes. Amazing Machines. Yeah, it is yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's a great one. <laughs> it's just super cool that they did it. Yeah. I think I've been I've been listening to random stuff lately. I went through this phase, probably like ten days, where all I was listening to was different versions of the Blade Runner soundtrack. There's lot. There's loads of, like a surprisingly large number of like eight hour long videos on YouTube that are just like slow ambient versions of Blade Runner. There's loads of those, there's loads. Most of them have quite heavy rainfall sounds and I just love them, <laughs> I just really love them. So they got rainfall during the music. Yes, so it sounds like it's raining all the time yeah and, and often there's one i've been listening to a lot and it, it's defined by the, the the picture actually which is uh harrison ford standing on a balcony looking out over the, over the city uh so that's the, i know that's the one that I'm, i want when, when i'm scrolling through I go, oh yeah that's the one i want yeah Click on that. of course and i would say it's probably 60 percent rain and 40 percent music <laughs> but i love it <laughs> 60% rain, 40% music. You know, because some, sometimes the music is so subtle and, and gentle that sometimes it kind of disappears completely and you've just got the rain and then you hear yeah, just some like sound effects and things and it just brings you back into the world again. And it's just like, it's not, it's not music, but it's, it's, like, it's so good. It's so good. It's just the closest I can come to, like, I don't like, re I can't read fiction. I don't like watching movies that are like fantasy and stuff. So that is the closest I'll come to fantasy. It kind of takes mm. me away to another world, and I love that world. Yeah. It's like the uh, kind of battle music that you might find on on YouTube as well. And it's That's like... true, yeah. I mean, I, I love Wadruna and um, Helson and people like that, so maybe that's the same thing. Oh, well, I was thinking more like the, the music that, that accompanies Dungeons & Dragon games. Oh, right, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's all very epic and swashbuckly and... You might have the sound of horses galloping. Exactly. That's exactly the kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You hear that and it just takes you to another world. Yeah. So I've, so I've been enjoying that a lot. But then on the actual music side, well, I was listening to, I haven't listened to it at all this week, but I, but I did go through a couple of weeks listening to a lot of Mama. You know Mama? Uh, I don't. All oh, right. Mama's really cool. Like, I, I don't know much about what they, they're a band, they're a band. I don't know much about their background, but they released their first EP in 2016. So I'm guessing they formed around around that time or a bit before. They're very young. Like, they're, they're young kids. Or they look young anyway. So they can't have formed that much before 2016. Mm. Um, and then since 2016, they've been pretty consistent with output. They've released three LPs, two EPs, a bunch of singles off those. So last year, they released their third EP, uh, third 
uh, album called mm. Household Name, which is a brilliant name for a record, don't you think? Household it's, Name. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. It was recommended to me by someone, so that's how I ended up checking them out. And it's such a good album. Basically, Mama are the closest thing. I hope I'm not out of line saying this, but it's it's true from my perspective anyway. It is the closest thing you'll come to grunge past late 90s. Like, they're, they're so grungy. They're Interesting. so grungy. Interesting. Like there's, there's no way, when you listen to Household Name, there's no way you think it's released in 2022. Uh, yeah, no, you definitely made me curious. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Really, really good. I don't think they, I mean, they, they wear their influences on their sleeve, really. Like, it's 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 pretty clear that they listens to a lot of Nirvana. But either way, they're still very unique sounding. They're, they're girls, so, I mean, it's not like they sound, vocally <laughs> was... they don't sound like Nirvana. It's a very different voice, but... Yeah, I, I was just looking them up and uh, looking at pictures, I, I was going to say they look a bit like Hanson. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are indeed females. Yeah, really, really good stuff. I think I've listened to the album before that, two of me. I listened to it a little bit, um, but the household name is it's got such good tracks on it that I just had it on repeat for quite a while. I've had a bit of a break this last week, but I, I do need to get back to Mama because it's such good, such good music. Wicked. This was great. Yeah, man. And then someone else I've been listening to is a band who I've just not discovered enough, but I know that I'm going to I'm gonna do a deep dive on these guys. I'm going to fall in love with them. And I wonder if you've heard of them because I think they're bigger than... I've never heard of these guys until recently, but I get the impression they were quite big. Do you know God Lives Underwater? I've never heard of that name before. Cool. I had never heard of them either. Um, came across them and this is amazing. They're really amazing. So the the album I've been listening to is from 95. It's called Empty. It was their second album. I haven't listened to their debut, so I don't know how different their debut is, but it only came out a year before that, so it can't be that different. And it's, uh, it's 1995, but it's alternative industrial rock. But the industrial elements of it, like it's got, um, I mean, it's got a lot of industrial elements, but it's also got, what's the word? Not like, not upbeat, but like, I don't know, a bit more lighthearted electronic influences as well kind of reminds me of some some of the sound effects you were getting some like early chemical brothers yeah it's, it's really cool it's, really, it's just very unique super unique i love the vocals i love the the, the way they've treated the vocals it's uh, just a really great band but anyway god lives underwater I, i'd never heard of them and so I, I did a bit of googling on them when i started listening to empty because i thought these guys are amazing and uh an interesting thing i found out was they're mainly i mean they've had different people come and go over the years but they're mainly these two guys david riley and jeff terzo now, Jeff Terzo, in 1998, so I think, so this is one of the things that makes me think that perhaps God Lives Underwater are bigger than we know, because in 1998, uh, Jeff Terzo decided to do a tribute album to Depeche Mode called For the Masses. I guess he spoke to his friends in the music industry, and he ended up putting together this, this compilation album of songs, Depeche Mode songs recorded by other artists um, in tribute to, to Depeche Mode. And this album has got songs on it by, well, 16 different artists, but they include Smashing Pumpkins, uh, The Cure, Deftones, Ramstein, Dishwaller, uh, Veruca Salt. So pretty big names. It's like a little festival, isn't it? It's mad. Like, so this guy, he must have some weight behind him. Like, yeah, I've never heard of God Lives Underwater, never heard of Jeff Terzo, but the fact that he's pulled all those guys together... It also says online that uh, Foo Fighters, Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails were also meant to contribute tracks to the album, but uh, time schedules didn't allow it. So, <laughs> Oh, right. Just just names dropping there. I've got to say, and um, I, I encourage anyone to, to, to Google God Lives Underwater and scroll down. You can see past, well, you can see list of members. There's a picture of Jeff Terzo with like this post-apocalyptic wasteland behind him. And there's a picture of David Riley 
It looks like uh, some guy's LinkedIn, um, you know, business picture profile. Oh, really? He's got like a <laughs> nice little suit and a nice little cheeky smile and his tie on. He looks very nice, very nice. I don't know enough about them. Um, I need to I need to get more into these guys. But if, if the album Empty is anything to go off, then I, I think I'm going to love their whole discography. Uh, I mean, it's not a very big discography. It's four albums over the course of 10 years. Mm, it's a good oh, thing Riley, as well. I think Riley's. I think Riley's dead. He died. Oh, that's awkward. Okay, maybe that's why. <laughs> that's not funny, but maybe that's why the the picture looks like that. Yeah, so it looks like Riley died in two thousand five. So they released oh. their last album as God Lives Underwater in two thousand four. So yeah, it must have been unexpected, and they were still a band at that point. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's move on to <laughs> <after> that. <laughs> Just me mocking him, and uh, oh, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, well, maybe we'll end it there then. <laughs> Deftones are an American alternative metal band from Sacramento, California. They were formed in 1988, can you believe that? By Gino wow. Moreno, Abe Cunningham, and Stephen Carpenter. The band's debut album, Adrenaline, came out in late 1995. It was like seven years after they formed. It came out in late 1995 and achieved moderate success. This album included the founding lineup plus Chi Cheng on bass, who had been playing with them since the early 90s. Their follow-up, Around the Fur, came out in 1997 and didn't make much of an impact on the charts. They did, however, start to build a solid fan base. Their third and fourth albums saw them reaching three and two in the Billboard charts and even a Grammy for Best Metal Performance. Before recording began for the band's sixth studio album, bassist Chi Cheng suffered a severe car accident, which put him in a coma and ultimately took his life. The band brought in bassist Sergio Vega, who stayed with them until 2021, contributing to four studio albums. Deftones' most recent release was 2020's Ohms, which made the top 10 in various countries around the world and received a Grammy nomination. Deftones are still together 35 years after they formed and still perform regularly. They've won countless awards, built a loyal, dedicated fan base, and are frequently credited as one of the driving forces behind the new metal movement, as well as many subgenres of alternative and experimental metal. 35 years. It's crazy, um, isn't it? Yeah. You just don't imagine that. But I guess, you know, there's, there's the old meme uh, that you see where where like the last 20 years just don't really feel like 20 years <laughs> you know yeah yeah, so yeah. Far, it does seem it does seem wild to think that actually when i first heard of deftones they'd already been like they weren't a young band then you know they'd already been making music for i guess i guess the, the early noughties was when i was when i first started listening to deftones so they still they'd already been making music for like 15 years by that point not necessarily mm-hmm. releasing albums throughout that time but but playing together as a band mm. um yeah so I'll, I'll go first with my my history with them yeah i first discovered deftones i was introduced to deftones by some older friends that i had probably around uh probably like 2002 2003 2004 around that time and i wasn't massively into deftones but um white pony was an album that i think everyone that i knew uh, regarded as pretty a pretty mind blowing record. They got played a lot in you know, like house parties and things like that, friends' places that I was hanging out at. There was also a kid at school a couple of years above me. His name was Anthony Dickinson, and 
he had um, a white pony hoodie, you know, like a black black hoodie with the white silhouette on, mm. on the back. And um, I kind of like inherited that hoodie or something and got it off him. I cherished that hoodie. He was like, he was one of the older kids and he was cool. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I've got this Deftones hoodie. And I felt like, I felt like I was cool. Like I probably couldn't afford to go out and buy a white pony hoodie myself. And that was it. I think my, my history of Deftones at that point in my life was white pony, really. <laughs> And then, and then over the years, I've kind of, I've learned to love Chino a lot more. Um, I probably haven't listened to as much Deftones as I should have done. I feel like they're a band that, in fact, it's, it's, it's not like I feel like they're a band I, I might like. Like, I know they are. Like, every record I've ever listened to by them, I have loved. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever listened to Def, anything by Deftones and not liked it. I think they are a great band. I just don't know why I've, I've not really dived into them. I think Chino's really cool. Everything he's done outside of Deftones has been been awesome. And Team Sleep, um, the Team Sleep album is is one that um, I've binged several times, you know, like several times over the last few years, I've gone through periods of listening to loads of Team Sleep. I think I think they're awesome. Mm. Um, and that's about it for me, I think. What about you? Uh, it's not as not as exciting as yours. <laughs> like you, uh, White Pony was the thing. It was like the in thing at school. Yeah, everyone was obsessed with them uh, around the two thousand two thousand one. You know the the old Kerrang TV days. Mm. So so that was how I remember them. But I didn't really get I didn't really get into them. I I I'm not sure why that is because listening to them now. I think, oh man, I would have loved these guys had I had I probably given them a lot of time. You know, I, I did listen to White Pony, and uh, I also knew my own summer was on the uh-huh. Matrix official soundtrack, and and the the Matrix has has got such a, a nostalgic soundtrack for me anyway. That is really yeah. I just I just remember the White Pony symbol, mm. and they weren't like other bands that they were associated with at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that for a lot of people that Deftones were really in the uh, you know one of the first sparks of, of the new metal movement, or kind of one of one of the bands that really fed that that movement. And and as to where you know they did add did add like a, a DJ in, in you know when they were on their like fourth record or something. I don't necessarily feel like Deftones are new metal. There there are the albums that kind of sound more new metal than others, sure. But I can I get why the music that they were making in ninety five ninety six I can I can see how other bands would have listened to that and put their own spin on it and added elements and come up with what turned into new metal. Do you not think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I read an interview with them and they were addressing this new metal sort of label, and they were saying that after White Pony they were trying to distance themselves from that scene. They didn't mm-hmm. want to be called new metal, and they were keeping an eye out for you know any contemporary music magazines that talked about new metal you know they would they would check them out and try and make sure that their names weren't mentioned mm-hmm. and they would turn down significant tours with corn and papa roach and limp biscuit those sort of guys because they didn't want to be i guess pigeonholed in that way you know what one thing i would say is i do feel that new metal is and there's lots of new metal bands i do like but um you know at its core, I do feel that new metal is a little bit beer and pretzels, and it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit jockey. Do you not think? And yeah, it's a, yeah. it's lots of guys wearing American football shirts and backwards baseball hats, uh, getting very <laughs> angry with getting very angry with the camera, and it's all very macho. And and Deftones is actually 
they're real musicians and, and yeah. Chino is not just Chino, you know, I give him a lot of credit, but I don't know the other guys that well, you know, they're, they're real artists and they're really trying to push boundaries and experiment, not just with Deftones, yeah. but with other side projects. And that's not what you're getting from the new metal movement. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I assumed that they would be blatantly new metal and listening to them the past week, like they're really not, I don't think that at all. Mm. Uh, they, they they do seem to be pushing boundaries and, and trying different things. And a lot of songs that they, they're not even riff based. It's almost like a wall of sound, you know, hitting you. And it's, there's nothing quite like that. And Chino's voice is so unusual. Yeah. And you can't really compare him to, to all these other guys, these contemporaries. I was thinking though, I read that during all the white pony era, they, they installed a half pipe in their rehearsal studio. And I thought, well, that's like really new metal. Yeah, but do, do you know what? Do, do you know their founding story? No. Uh, they, okay, so Steve Carpenter, Abe Cunningham, and Chino Moreno all went to school together. They knew each other through the skate scene. They skated together, and then um, they all liked music, and they started jamming together. And they did that for a couple of years before um, they ended up taking it a bit more seriously. But but really, they, they spent a lot of time skating together, and they were a part of that scene. Stephen Carpenter hurt himself um, skating, and um, I think this is true... Uh, Again, I'm going off my head here. I'm not. I'm not reading it. <laughs> like, I hope I'm not, I'm not wildly incorrect. And Deftones fans are going to get pissed at me saying this. I think he hurt himself skating, and he ended up um, in a wheelchair for like six months or something. And uh, because he couldn't skate, he spent that time playing lots of guitar and decided to take the band a bit more seriously. And so, yeah, I, I read something like that as well. I think that might be true. I hope it is because if not, that's a that's <laughs> really far fetched, um, <laughs> made up story that I've just given you. Isn't it? Anyway, look, someone who probably knows a lot more about Deftones than, than you or I is uh, a gentleman who goes by the name of Vasanic. I spoke to Vasanic a long time ago, probably like eight weeks ago or something, about his fandom for Deftones. So he runs a, he runs a YouTube channel, um, Deftones Live channel, and it's probably the, the most well-known Deftones YouTube channel. And he's built quite the community there. He's got like 45,000 subscribers to that channel. And... Um, it's pretty amazing. I um, spoke to him, uh, as I say, a couple of months back about Deftones, and uh, and here that is. I started this YouTube channel. It's it's a pretty long, I would say, boring story, but um, it just uh, at some point, through finding out about Deftones, I started collecting their live recordings, and uh, I think I. When I was collecting their bootlegs, it was just the time when uh, YouTube was getting big. It was becoming quite a big thing, and I, at the time, I would see, uh, I would see uh, recordings, uh, live recordings of other bands on that platform, and I would see how many views uh, they would uh, generate, and I noticed that uh, Deftones were quite a big band, but did not have that coverage on YouTube yet. And as I was um, collecting and I noticed that there were quite some people who were interested in uh, seeing uh, more um, prized, I would say, recordings, I thought, hey, why not just do the same and, you know, do the same for Deftones and uh, just uh, make some kind of, I mean, it wasn't really, it wasn't really uh, like something that I, consciously uh thought out but uh yeah i thought i'm just going to share the stuff that i can find um 
not only because I think it's a good concept, but uh, when it came to Deftones specifically, it was, I guess it was much more of a closed circle kind of thing. And uh, Is it just you? Well, that's a good question. At the time, it was just me. Uh, later on, the concepts became more precise in the way that uh, it's instead of just selecting and pick, picking randomly some uh, some cuts from my collection, I thought, let's make some kind of chronology. Let's make, let's make something that makes sense and uh, try to upload as many recordings as possible. Now, at some point, I realized it was just going to be too much too much for a one-man job, so I required a couple of people from the Deftones community that I trusted, and now we, we're a team. So it's, uh, we are um, five people. Uh, one of them uh, is taking care of, um, of a website, the Deftones Live website, that may or may not come up at some point. Uh, another one is a graphic designer, he takes care of all the YouTube thumbnails and uh, things like that. Uh, another one is another collector like me, and the last one is an honorary honorary member. Who, uh, what he did is that he had this uh, he had this Facebook fan page that had a massive following at the time, and as I was trying to to make to to get some kind of presence on Facebook, and he was familiar with my work, he had been a follower for a long time. I asked him if it would, if it would be okay for, if it would be okay. If, if I sort of like took his page over uh, so I could share my stuff with his following. And so his page, which was called, I think at the time, Deftones Fan Club, became Deftones Live. So he's, he's an honorary member, but he's part of the team as well. And so, and you must have by now got through your collection. So are you just sourcing, is it just fans are sending you their own live recordings? So about about fans sending sending stuff in that came with time. Uh, what I did at first is that I collected any kind of downloadable uh, piece of Deftones live uh, recording that I could find, and there was there was just a there was just a, a trove a trove of stuff to find out there, and uh, some people just collecting that. Uh, that's what we would refer to as traders, and yeah, I. I did that for years and I exchanged with, with people who were doing the same thing. And uh, I guess at this point, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I probably have the largest <laughs> collection of Deftones live recordings there is. Yeah. Wow. So before you started the channel, were you were you a mega Deftones fan or is that is that kind of evolved with the channel? Like, don't get me wrong. I do listen to their music. I love it. I've been to a countless amount of shows. Uh, so, uh, I'm definitely someone who listens to Deftones, right? But as far as being a fan goes, I don't know. I just, as far as the term goes, I really wouldn't describe myself as a Deftones fan uh, because the way I perceive a fan is someone who's like, they're going to see uh, an artist, a performer, and they're sort of like, they're going to try to imitate them a little bit. They're going to try to get some of their essence into their own life or their personality. Now, I can't say that I didn't do that at all. I can definitely say that uh, I was a bit fascinated with Chino Marino at first. Like, he was just so effortless, effortlessly cool. Like, he had this voice where he could croon like an R&B singer and still scream like a fucking beast. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot of people like me who just wanted to be 
like Chino Marino, but that's, that lasted for a minute. Uh, what really dropped me, like really caught my attention was really the whole band. This bunch of friends interacting with each other, playing music together. Uh, there's just really something about them. Uh, now, as far as the music goes, I definitely listen to the whole discography and uh, I'm very familiar with most of it. Um, like I said, I've been to, uh, to a few shows in my time, uh, but uh, I, I don't really know how to answer your question. <laughs> I was definitely... Uh, I was definitely I was definitely someone who liked to listen to Deftones before I started this. Yes. So, uh, how many times have you managed to see them live? I would say I've seen them. God, I don't think I kept count. Uh, maybe I've seen them like twelve or thirteen times at this point. Well, that, that's a that's a commitment. All right. <laughs> I reckon you know that's twelve or thirteen times more than a lot of people who listen to a, a lot of their music. Um, yeah, and and do you do you collect memorabilia? I, that's, 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 that's another thing I mean by, you know, possibly not being a fan is that I don't really collect their stuff. Okay. Their physical stuff. I do have a couple of vinyls hanging around. I may have a CD or two. Uh, I also have this, this other piece. It's a, it's a white pony, uh, LED light, but that was made by uh, an independent artist. It's not, an, it's not an official piece of merch by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I I don't really have Death Souls memorabilia. If you obviously, if you don't count my collection of uh, digital live recordings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we spoke to a um, a Pearl Jam superfan l- last year sometime who had seen Pearl Jam sixty plus times, but he didn't have any memorabilia. He wasn't interested in that. He just wanted to see them live. So you know, the fandom outplays in, in different ways, uh, and, and different people are drawn into different aspects of. of of the music um on the channel is there is there a particular live show from deftones in the past that is kind of like the holy grail that, that people recognize as this is this is the live show that, that everyone wants to watch yeah well uh, about one of your previous questions uh when it comes to people sending some stuff in that's something that happened with well it was made possible because yeah i guess to an extent the, the channel was made more popular at some point but what I started doing, uh, instead of just uh, uh, picking and selecting from the recordings that I would find, is that I would uh, make my own multi-angle videos using footage that I would find on YouTube or Facebook, you know, social networks, right? Uh, and then, I, and then, yeah, I would put put all of that together with the idea to like rebuild a whole set, which is something that you know a lot of other people have done. Uh, and the more I did that, and the more people would spontaneously send their footage in, uh, so they could include their own piece into the edit that we would make. And uh, we did that a couple of times. We're, we're actually making another one now with the, the show that we did in Brooklyn um, about two months ago. Um, now, as far as popular recordings, I mean, I guess... The one, one recording that, that was always popular was the show that they played in Germany in 1998 at this festival called uh, the Bizarre Festival. Uh, this has been on the internet for about ever. And uh, I put up my own source of that recording on, on the channel. 
and this is this is definitely uh, by by a big margin the most popular recording on the channel. I don't know Bizarre Festival, so I'm going to have to check it out. Awesome. And so in the email that you sent to us, you mentioned that you were involved, and I'm guessing you mean with the release of Ohms, um, involved in some way or another with uh, keeping their latest album from leaking um, after it was streamed to, to a limited online crowd um, by, by Chino, I guess. Okay, so um, Chino Marino had this, uh, he had an account on this platform called uh, Mixler. It's some kind of platform where you can, uh, essentially you stream audio live to uh, to people who follow you and uh you had an account there and uh i think it was during the pandemic that he started he started doing more of these sessions and at some point i i was not i was not listening to those sessions at first i think it was maybe in the middle of 2021 that i started like logging into these sessions that he would do and uh, the cool thing about that is that, well, there was a lot of music that he shared, like a lot of music from so many different backgrounds. I found out about so, so much good music, thanks to him. Uh, but he would also every now and then uh, play some, uh, some unreleased material from uh, a couple of different projects of his, including Deftones. Uh, and what he did one time, I remember because I, I was... I was live on that session when he did it. He, uh, yeah, he streamed half of the album. Like, I think it was two months before uh, before the actual release date, which was September. God, I may have my timing wrong, but yeah, two months before the release of the album, he streamed half of it, and uh, people made recordings out of it. Like, I would have expected it. Maybe he didn't, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, some people made recordings out of it, and uh, those things started like uh, appearing online and whatever. And what happened uh, previously, uh, before he did that, he had got in touch with me. Now the reason he did was uh, because uh, on one of those other Mixler sessions that he did, he shared uh, some information about the album, and someone had made a screenshot out of that message and posted it on the Deftones subreddit. What I did is that I took that screenshot and posted it on the socials of my Deftones fan project. And that is when he got in touch with me and uh, let me know what he thought about me uh, sharing that information. And um, I don't remember exactly the details of our conversation and I wouldn't want to share too much. But uh, yeah, essentially, I was put in touch with the upper heads uh, with the idea to uh, sort of like cover the grounds on what was happening in terms of leaks. And eventually, yeah, I, that, that was a contribution of mine where like uh, I don't really like the idea that I was like telling on people or anything, but uh, I would essentially keep them updated about what kind of leaks I would see online. And... Uh, I guess to an extent that that helped uh, that helped the music from being leaked. I mean, I think it was the first Deftones album that did not leak up to one day before the release. Wow! So we, have you you've been in touch directly with with Chino? Yeah, I mean Chino has uh, he has an Instagram account, 
I don't follow him on there because, um, like, I think his Instagram account is something more personal. It's not some kind of artist page where he, like, you know, shares uh, pictures of all his music activity or whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's where he and I uh, message each other. And he messaged me. I mean, he messaged the Instagram account of the archive. He didn't message me, you know, my personal account. Right, yeah, yeah. So what's um, what's next for uh, for Deftones at the minute? Is there uh, what's coming up for them and and on the cards for you? Do you have are their live performances coming up in twenty twenty three? When it comes to Deftones, I guess I mean your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I, All right. I did get hearsays that they might be recording music at this moment, uh, but truly I have no idea. I, I don't know. I truly don't know. Um, now, when it comes to the archive, I just, you know, I just want to mention this, and you probably know this, but my archive is a fan archive. I don't have act, any actual, like, affiliation with them. Um, I, I can only assume that they know about the work that I do. Uh, I think I talked about it with a couple of them one time, but, uh, you know, I don't work hand-in-hand hand with them. Everything I do is my own initiative. Uh, I mean, everything that's put out on the archive is my own initiative now as far as the archive goes like i said we are working right now on um on a multi-angle edit of a show that they did in brooklyn uh, i think it was in early march um so the footage is really great i mean uh it was maybe a different kind of crowd <laughs> but uh yeah the footage is really great and uh i'm working with a team of three uh and ho hopefully that's gonna come out right uh we have one song finished at this point and it's looking really good. Other than that, uh, in terms of like old school archiving, bootlegging, I did put my hands on this recording from uh, the self-titled uh, Touring Cycle uh, 2003. It's a, it's a whole, it's a complete video recording of one show. Uh, and I put my hands on it like a few weeks ago. And we had to restore the audio because it was completely destroyed on the video footage. But we managed to do that, and I'm probably going to put that out on the 20th anniversary of the release of the self-titled record, which is uh, next month, I believe. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've there is I feel like at this point there is so much that I've done uh, in terms of Deftones live editing, collecting, archiving. Um, there's definitely some kind of distance that's been placing itself between uh, between the whole thing and me. But uh, I do like to keep myself busy with this still every now and then. So yeah, other than those two things I mentioned, I don't think, no, I don't think there's anything anything in the, in the plans. Just just one thing you mentioned about, um, I think you were saying it tongue in cheek, but about the, the, um, the fans at that recent show being a, a different kind of fan. <laughs> so obviously they made some pretty awesome um, footage but just out of interest what's the what's the fan base like now because i mean i first became aware of deftones around um around the fur and white pony uh and and they were massive then and obviously this is a band that's still been making music over the last um you know 20 25 years so what, what's the fan base like now is it mostly guys that, that were listening to it back when when i was a kid or is it is it a younger crowd now um yeah man that's a good question i mean i think at this point it's definitely a mix um, I can't really, like, I don't feel like I have uh, an actual eye on what the fan base is like, but um, 
I can definitely speak about a younger fringe coming up at this point. Um, I did get echoes that Deftones got a bump in popularity thanks to some kind of... I think their music was used on TikTok at some point. And like... Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it every time. That's pretty much what I meant about the crowd in Brooklyn. I mean, I've seen the footage and uh, there was just a lot of kids. A lot of kids. Not necessarily kids, but like, you know young adults, uh, some of them, like, just completely fixated on their smartphones. And not that I blame them, you know, like, I, sure. I'm, I'm somewhere in between. I'm not that old either. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a different thing. Like, the, the, I did talk to a, couple, to a couple of people who were at that show, and uh, it, sounded like, it sounded like the crowd was pretty divided. I remember, I remember speaking to this guy who was like, you know, he saw a couple of, the, of those youngsters who apparently, uh, according to him, were giving him this vibe that they were the cool kids of the party and they were not cool enough to get in. Uh, and like, yeah, I, I feel that's pretty much the state of the fan base at this point. It's like, there's still quite a, a lot of people who have been seeing them since the adrenaline around the first days. Uh, but there's been this like really big younger fringe coming up who only knows about them through like, I don't know, Rosemary or Diamond Eyes or whatever you or just some stuff that they heard on TikTok, like I said. And uh so I guess, you know, I guess the good side of that it's uh it's that that means the fan base at this point is a pretty complete package, right? <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess it brings people from all the backgrounds. Have you have you followed other projects around Deftones and around Chino? Like Team Sleep or Oh man, I love Team Sleep. <laughs> I love Team Sleep, and it's something. It's something I want to say. I, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not a Chino fan. I'm a Deftones fan. So uh, whatever Chino does is not necessarily of interest to me. Uh, I'll be very blunt, but I don't like crosses. Uh, I've tried those two or three. I, I don't know how many EPs that they put out. But I, I'm really not a big fan. Um, I did try to get into Palms at some point, especially because I, I'm such, I love Isis. Um, but I really, I didn't really get into it. Uh, although I do want to say, they've put out a new song uh, this year. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't, no, actually. Yeah, yeah, they put out a new song. Um, and it's, it's actually a song that they had played live over 10 years ago. Uh, and I, w I remember seeing that recording and being super pumped because it was more in the vein of what I would expect a combo of Chino and Isis to sound like. It was heavy. It had this like sort of like, you know, very biblical sound to it with Chino's, Chino's voice on top of it. And I feel like the EP was like, I wouldn't say at the opposite of that, but it was very different from what I would have expected. But, but that one song that they did play live back then was very much in that vein. And I was so, so, so psyched for that. And they ended up putting it out, I think it was this year, or maybe just before 2023, but I think it was this year. Um, and that's that sounded amazing. That was really good. Team Sleep, I love Team Sleep. I love pretty much everything they put out. I think Todd is, uh, is an amazing artist. Um, his guitar sound is, yeah, it's just, it's just fucking beautiful. I did listen to uh, Soul Invicto, which is that uh, drum and bass metal project that Stefan is part of. I don't know if you know about that. 
No, but I like the sound of it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Uh, they started putting out music. I think it was in the early 2010s, and they started off with a few songs that were sort of like very dark, ambient uh, kind of thing, and slowly but surely it evolved into like full blown uh, drum and bass slash metal kind of mixes, and uh, yeah, that stuff was pretty banging. I just looked on their Wikipedia and, <laughs> as you were talking, and it says uh, Sol Invicto is an American music project operating as a private members association. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it sounds brilliant, so I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, it's very cool. The guy behind it, his name is Richie. Um, he's a buddy of mine. We've been we've t- we've talked a few times. He and I. We even met at a Defton show in London uh, because he is from the UK. Um, and yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I don't get a thought process behind that. Not that I would criticize it, but uh, yeah, it became this like sort of like more private thing. Uh, but they, they do have a Facebook page where uh, he posted regularly at some point, uh, and he would post anything but things about the music. <laughs> like he would post about political debates or memes or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, the music I think is really good. Awesome. Well, look, I normally I normally end by getting someone to give a summary in a couple of sentences to people listening who don't know Deftones music um, and to get them interested. Um, uh, well, actually, I wanted to ask you if you ever saw Deftones live. No, I haven't. No, I did. Do you know what? For someone who um, spends most of my time talking about music, I'm I'm not someone who gigs a lot, and. Uh, I never got around to seeing them when I was younger, and then for most of my twenties and thirties, I've just not—I've just not been to loads of gigs. I tend to sit at home and listen to loads of music. So no, I've never seen Deftones live, but I would love to see Deftones live. Yeah, they're definitely a band I would like to see. Okay, cool, um, awesome. But um, yeah, I also wanted to ask uh, you said that you took a look at the channel. Is there like any specific material that you were more uh, inclined to watch? No, not well. No, I mean it, the thing is that the way that the channels made up. You don't need me to tell you because you made it. But <laughs> the the titles of the um, the titles of every video. There's no ambiguity. Like you know what you're getting involved in. Every video is titled with the the date that the the um, the date that the show happened and the name of the date. So really, you like. You're, you're looking you're looking at the names and thinking oh yeah that, i would have remembered around that time and like oh yeah that that's the that's the chino that i remember when i was a kid so that's the kind of date date range that i'm interested in personally like i'm i'm less interested in i'm looking now like lincoln 2006 was was not really paris 2006 these were not times when i was really uh exposed to deftones too much um, if I'm looking at, you know, Around the Fur and Ricketts Live London 1998, now that's that's a show that would be interesting to watch and the, the, the video quality to that doesn't look quite as good as, you know, Big Day Out 2003, but I'm more interested in Around That Time. Um, so, yeah, so I think for me personally, it's, I'm, I'm looking at the kind of the shows and the dates that were a nostalgic period for me. Well, I, I would recommend, I mean, the fact that it's in the UK is not really relevant, but uh, I, yeah, I would recommend... If you can bear with a, with you know an actual amateur bootleg, I would recommend you to watch the performance that they did in Wembley in two thousand three. Um, that's been one of my favorite recordings for about ever, and um, I remember uh, I met the guy who recorded this. I met him in London when I was living there. Um, it's because I knew about the recording recording 
beforehand and I, I had had copies of it for like years, but I never actually put my hands on the master recording of it. And uh, yeah, he, I, I put my hands on his tape and uh, I was able to uh, uh, rework the audio a little bit because there was another bootlegger who had made an audio recording of the performance when he was there. And yeah, I put that up on, on the archive and it's not necessarily, I don't think it's one of the most popular, although their performance in Wembley is, I, I guess it is, it is somewhat famous in the community, but even though it's not a popular recording, it's, you know, it is one of my favorites, so I would recommend that. All right, well, I'll check it out, and everyone listening should check it out. Um, yeah, I found it here. You only have to search for Deftones Wembley 2003, and your video is the first one that comes up, so not hard to find. Um, <laughs> appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your evening for me um, this evening, Vasanic. Appreciate that. Good. Well, Chris, thank you very much. Awesome, and there we have it. Thank you, Mr. Vasanic. It's obviously Deftones Live Channel. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Other than Deftones Live Channel, Matt, what other music YouTube channels would you recommend? Before you, before you go, for those that need to know, it's so a Deftones Live Channel. It is... It's purely live music by Deftones. So he's looking to document all the live recordings out there. So anyone who has uh, filmed a show from the crowd of any Deftones gig, you need to go onto Deftones live channel and you need to contact Mr. Vasanic and get your recordings to him. Um, and he's doing these awesome projects. So he's got one at the minute you'll see. And, you know, if you know his channel, maybe I'm speaking like this, this is obvious to everyone, but, you know, I, I didn't know the channel before we spoke to him. And uh, so this is new to me. He's got this awesome thing at the minute where, for example, he's calling out. So if I if you go to the community section of his channel, he's got like a call out for a particular show where he's saying, you know, if anyone was present at this particular show on this date, please contact me with your footage because he wants to he's creating like multi angle videos um, for, for these recordings. So by, so by getting everyone's footage of a particular show and chopping it all together to make this awesome footage, like it's really cool. It's really cool what he's doing. Um, so yeah, just wanted to say that before we before we move on. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I love it when fans come together and work these things out mm. as a group. You know, yeah, it's a cool project. I wish I wish there was like someone who was just doing that for all music. Really, like you know. <laughs> You just find a gig and you're just like, well, for this particular gig or, or if there was a website where you could just go and submit your footage and you just put in the, 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 the band, the dates, the venue, and then someone or, or a, an, I don't know, an AI or something could just collate all of that music, all of those videos for a particular show and make like this multi-angle footage. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? It's the uh, entrepreneur in you coming out there. Oh, God. You're getting, you're getting need, ideas. I don't need a project. <laughs> <laughs> so yes anyway go, you go what what uh what channel are you giving your five-star recommendation to i'm not sure if i would recommend these to everybody but these are certainly things that i find interesting and amusing uh there is a channel called andy rayfeld's variety show so andy rayfeld spelled r-e-h-f-e-l-d-t uh is a very clever musician and he does very interesting videos about music equipment but also he messes around with existing musical arrangements in really interesting ways so you know he would do 
Master of Puppets by Metallica in a jazz bossa nova style, or he would change something from a major key to a minor key, you know, like really famous songs. He's really funny, he's really interesting, and uh, he just makes me think, I need to try this, I need to try that. Some of the, some videos that I particularly enjoy, he calls them like Radio Disney songs. So they are basically very innocent and happy, lovely, <laughs> Disney-ified versions of very scary songs. One example is Cannibal Corpse's Hammer Smashed Face. And... <laughs> And if you listen to it, it's it's really lovely and cheerful, and you can imagine it being played in Disney World, <laughs> except for the, I mean, the the, the lyrics obviously are he That's hasn't cool. changed those. That. He hasn't changed those. <laughs> uh, so, Andy Rayfield, uh, I, I love channels that do mashups of different songs, and one of my favourites is DJ Cummerbund. Yeah, um, I know DJ Cummerbund. Yeah, I can some see good, good stuff there. I can see yesterday he released one that was. Single Ladies and Ballroom Blitz. I'm sure it's great because all these mashups, they, they're really well edited. And, and you can't believe that, that those songs are not meant to be put together. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned DJ Cummerbund because I'd forgotten that name. But actually, I'm, every time someone sends me a video or sends me a link for DJ Cummerbund, it's always fun. It's always good stuff. It's, yeah. like whether whether I'm going to listen to it again or not is, is questionable, but it's always good fun. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I've remembered now, so I'll, I'll make sure I'll subscribe to it. Yeah, yeah. He picks really contrasting bands to, to mesh up, like Iron Maiden and Chic, things like that. Mm. And one more I'd say is a guy called Bradley Hall at Bradley Hall Guitar. He is... Well, as it says on his channel, a hairy rascal from the UK who makes silly videos. So he's a really talented rock guitarist. He's just so full of fun and nonsense. And he makes really just silly videos, kind of mocking metal fans and rock music in general. One of his videos, well, it says here, I turned the entire Lord of the Rings movie into a three-hour metal song. He basically does a full metal band version of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, it's three hours, 20 minutes, and he's uh-huh. playing it the whole way through really, really well. And mm-hmm. he, he sometimes wears a Gandalf hat. That's cool. I'll, I'll add one more to the list, but just one is um, Drumeo, D-R-U-M-E-O. I think the idea of the channel is to teach people drums. But anyway, like the, yeah. a lot of the videos are uh, where they get on these famous dramas and they'll play them a song, uh, and then they have to repeat it. But what they do is, I don't know about if they do this for all the videos, but certainly a handful of the videos that I've seen, they'll play them the track without drums in it, and then ask them to fill in the drums. So they've never heard these songs before, or they claim to have never heard these songs before. Yeah, and there's, there's some really good stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. That's particularly, it. yeah, uh, I can see Dennis Chambers, here's Tool for the first time, which... It sounds like his tool without any drums in it. Incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Even someone like me who's who's never drummed before and probably doesn't, you know, doesn't understand the complexities of drumming, but it's still awesome to see how how someone can go from still never hearing the drum piece before and and just figuring out, oh, this is what they must have done with it. Like, Mm. yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Some people. Yeah. I guess this is this is their job, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, if you if you're a session drummer, or you might be given a, a track that doesn't have drums, or it's got really basic drums, and 
you have to figure out something that goes perfectly well with the music. I guess, I guess, yeah. But something like Tall is very, is really yeah. far out though, because yeah. it's it's questionable as to whether the drums do go with like it, it does. It works what they've done with it, but it's it's not expected. So to come oh. to the same conclusion is oh yeah, is yeah. really bizarre. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Danny Carey's drumming on it, it's it's absolutely bonkers. You know, and and he and he starts quite simple, and then he, he gets it more more complex beats and and it just goes in all sorts of interesting tangents and unbelievable i I do sometimes get a bit skeptical when you see these videos on youtube it's like which is this for the first time or here's hey jude for the first time or you know it's like really you're 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 a grown-up like you haven't heard bohemian rhapsody and now you're hearing it and we're going to watch your reaction like really it looks Mm -hmm. like a good um professionally made channel yeah, again, I don't, I don't know drums. Maybe Drumio is the biggest brand in drumming. <laughs> like, we're talking about it like it's just some. By the way, um, on the on the subject of YouTube channels, I think we might have been duped, you and I. Why? Well, just yesterday we were talking about how um, Anthony Fantano from the Needle Drop, we'd both seen an article where he's now dating Ice Spice. Mm. Well, I saw another article today where Ice Spice is dating someone completely different. I think Ice Spice dating someone. Is just like that's a troll now. People just keep trolling that. Uh, I, I don't think she's actually dating anyone. I think it's just a thing that people are doing online. Could be wrong. Maybe she's dating Anthony Fantano. But I googled it, and the only thing I can find about it is that tweet. <laughs> well, that was going to be my whole Matt's music news right there, and you just ruined it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, blowed it all out the water. But uh, what a segue. Uh, let's go to Matt's music news. Oh, my days. The pressure is on. Well, <laughs> you know, I found a few stories that I thought were particularly interesting. Spill the beans, Matt. Okay, so Iron Maiden have begun a legal battle with a women's lingerie brand uh, <laughs> of a vaguely similar name. What's the, uh, what's the name? They're called Maidenware, as in W-E-A-R, Maidenware. So they are... That's fine. Yeah, so the band are exploring options to block Maidenware's trademark because they believe that the name will likely deceive or cause consumer confusion. That's bollocks. Sorry, and, sorry, Iron Maiden. That's absolutely bollocks. And the band's lawyers claim that the, the dominant term in Maidenware's mark is the word maiden, and therefore the mark is confusingly similar in appearance and connotation to Iron Maiden's mark. It's a women's clothing brand. Yeah, surely they they have more right. They have more weight behind the word maiden than Iron Maiden do. Yeah, but I I guess if you want to be devil's advocate, Iron Maiden have got merchandise in every kind of sector, and I guess women's pants is one of those sectors. No, I don't like it. I don't, know. I don't like it, Matt. You don't like it. What? How, how do you feel? You think they've got a, a legitimate argument? No. Okay, I, I think good. they should just. I think they should just chill and bring in the the dough from their beers and. They don't need the money. Do they just grow up. Maybe they want to go into lingerie, oh. and that's their way to do it. Yeah, could be. So could be. Maiden, Maybe that's blowing it all out of the water. We've just uncovered the big Iron Maiden plan. Yeah, you're going to see adverts with Eddie dressed in <laughs> women's lingerie. Women's lingerie. Yeah, going to be the new Victoria's Secret model. Um, so Maidenware have yet to respond to the claims. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we spoke about that before. 
yes. nominations and we dissected it and said, these guys should go in, these guys shouldn't, etc. Yep. Well, they now have inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As in, uh, what does that mean? That means that the voting is finished and we've, we've got our winners. People went in, yeah. People went in. <laughs> Who went in? <laughs> they went in and they won't come out again. The artists that were inducted, Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine and The Spinners. Tell you what, Matt, it, it, it's all annoying me today. That's, that's not good, is it? That's not a good lineup. It's a bit of a weird lineup, isn't it? For the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. And Cheryl Crow, who's just... Yeah, and I know you're not a fan. <laughs> Miss, Missy Elliott, yeah. So no Iron Maiden. I mean, they were nominated and they haven't got in. This is like the sixth time they've been nominated, I think. Iron Maiden? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some good artists there, but this has become a bit of a farce, hasn't it, the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, Missy Elliott shouldn't be there. And... Um, Cheryl Crow, I've I've learned to love Cheryl, not love, oh dear, I've learned to like Cheryl Crow in in recent years, but um, shouldn't shouldn't really be there, like <laughs> shouldn't be there. I don't know, I can't remember who else he said, but it's not that's not a list of rock legends, and there are plenty of rock legends still not inducted into the Hall of Fame. Let's get let's get those ones off the list first, and then start focusing on the on the other genres. And you, you know, some people. I'm pretty sure Eric Clapton is one of them. Have been inducted like more than once. Yeah, I think yeah. people people that have had solo careers often get that, don't they? Um, some some people have been. I, I, yeah, I can't remember. But some, for example, like Phil Collins, I think. Oh no! Or was it uh, was it Peter Gabriel was inducted twice because he was inducted once as part of Genesis oh, and then again right. as a solo artist. I could be wrong on that, but that you sometimes sense. get that with people who have had solo careers. Mm, that makes sense. Do we want to talk about Kanye West's magical birthday party? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've got, I've got an opinion. I'll give an opinion. Yeah, well, he had a, a he had his forty sixth birthday, and he had sushi served on naked ladies, and the internet's gone nuts about it. Has the internet got the same opinion as me? Generally, because I haven't really seen the internet too much. I, it, I haven't seen the internet too much. <laughs> <laughs> The internet generally just hates it. It's misogyny, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, so my my standpoint is, I don't I don't hate it like as a as a thing. Like it's fine I, I, from my perspective. I think it's fine in, in you know if, if that's what you want to do or whatever, and that's what she wants to do. The woman lying on the table. But I think the fact that there were these photos, the, there were also photos earlier in the week of him taking his daughter. Um, I don't know how old North is, but she's not like a. She's got to be under 16, right? So um, there are photos of him taking North to, to his birthday party. And then like a, a day later, the next photos that come out is him eating sushi off a naked woman at his birthday party. So he's there with his daughter. Oh, it's just bizarre, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's a bit how weird. people let this happen? It is like a, a cultural... I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, but it's it's a cultural thing to, to serve sushi on naked ladies. It's called um, Nyo Taimori. And but do they do that are... with children? Not present. No, uh, well, no, not really. I mean, it's oh, no. it's it's more it's more of like a, I think it's more like a Japanese businessman going out to treat themselves. Yeah, you know. But there are restaurants that specifically serve the food this way. You know, but I mean, what I was thinking also, like the the video that's on Twitter at the party. I mean, it really is creepy. Like it's, it, I think it's the candles, and oh, it's I the music. Seen the video. I just saw. The, I saw a photo. 
do you, want, do you want me to send it to you so you can critique it? Yeah, yeah, send it to me. Yeah, yeah it's probably not what you expected me to say, but actually, after seeing the recording, I kind of I hate it a bit less. Like, not the worst, is it? Like, it, well, I was going to say you think it's quite creepy the recording, but actually, I think after seeing the recording, because I've only seen a photo of it before, it's it's not that. I don't think it's that bad actually. But, but either know, way, I still wouldn't take my daughter to it. Like it's, yeah, yeah. That's that's creepy as hell. I mean, and not to make this like a, a tin foil hat podcast, but it does have Illuminati vibes. I think does it the video? <laughs> yeah, the the candles. Yeah, there's and a lot of candlelight, and it's yeah, it's it's a bit yeah. It's, it's weird, different. like weird, like church organ and music in the background, and mm. I don't know the shadows. Like you feel like you know this this is some underground bunker. You know where nobody's allowed to go there and it just it just reeks of secret society to me <laughs> i'm gonna have to come up with a new jingle aren't i for Matt's conspiracies <laughs> along with uh adventures in the medicine cabinet <laughs> yeah this sounds like it could be the result of some adventures in the medicine cabinet yeah that's right yeah okay um i'll move on i'll move on there's a story going around the internet and it really annoyed me because it's a very clickbaity headline mm-hmm. and and all the news outlets online seem to use the same clickbaity uh wording i guess the basic idea is uh ai was used to create a new beatles song according to paul mccartney which is going to be released later this year oh wow i haven't seen this yeah so at first when i read that headline or you know you know that general gist of it i thought okay well they're using ai to to recreate everybody and you know it's actually going to be robots singing actually (laughs) just computers doing all the chord progressions and everything and it's not actually the beatles which is actually not true it's very misleading so what they've done here is they've taken really old recordings of john lennon just before he died um in 1980 uh it was a song that he'd written in the late 70s, this AI has managed to separate his voice from the rest of the recording. Yeah, gotcha. So now they can use his voice in a a new arrangement. That's all it means. So uh, they haven't changed his voice at all. They're they're still using it. And it's going to be like a duet with Lennon and McCartney. And it's going to be a a new Beatles song. So I I wonder if Ringo's involved in some way because he's still alive. Yeah. He's, a, he's a beetle. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's really awesome. For you, though, someone who's not a big fan of the AI revolution, how do you feel about this kind of use of the technology? So I think AI being used in this way is fine because it's, it's like a tool mm. being used by people. Whereas if the AI is writing songs for us and playing the music for us, you know, like say if you type in chat GPT, <laughs> write me a song and then it writes a song and then that song gets to number one that's not cool you know that, that that is the way that the human race would get extinct i don't know we would just lose all creativity and skill and you know that, i just don't think that is the way to go this way of using ai is absolutely fine i think and it excites me that mm. there's there's more there's more beatles stuff i hope it's really good i hope yeah, it's yeah. you know i hope it feels like a beatles song yeah i look forward to it i look forward to it hearing this and stuff. Good find. I hadn't I hadn't seen this story, so that's really cool. If you would like to appear on an episode of Superfancast, you can contact us via the contact form on superfannews.net or reach out to us 
uh, on social media where you'll find us as Superfancast. Uh, anything else from you, Matt? Oh, yeah. I also I found out, just as a random fact, that Chino Moreno has his own craft beer. Oh, who doesn't have their own craft beer? I know. Name three people that don't have craft beer is gone. Uh, me and you, for a start. Name a third. You can't name a third, can you? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> it can't be done. It can't no. be done. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we look forward to uh, you joining us again in a month or so, is, is what it's looking like at the minute. If you would like to, it, well, on a slight tangent, if you would like to shorten that timeline and you would like to become uh, a producer for us, then feel free to get in touch uh, because that will uh, shorten those timelines. Because um, at the minute, it's just it's difficult finding the time for the editing and, and the production of these of these episodes. So yeah, you know, then, you know. You know what, what makes that so difficult is because we just talk so much rubbish. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Se- 17 hours of recording needs to be edited down to 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's got to do that. and It's a hard job. Um, but if we don't find anyone for that in the next month, then uh, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again in a month's time. Uh, stay safe. Keep rocking. And we'll see you next time. Toodaloo.